Hello and welcome to Bill Stern's Sports Newsreel from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With a Colgate Shave Cream Sports Newsreel. Bill Stern, the Colgate Shave Cream Man is on the air. Bill Stern, the Colgate Shave Cream Man, the story's rare. Take his advice and you look keen, you'll get a shave that's smooth and clean. You'll be a Colgate brushless man. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Bill Stern bringing you the 376th edition of the Colgate Shave Cream Sports Newsreel, featuring strange and fantastic stories, some legends, some hearsay, but also interesting that we'd like to pass them along to you. Our guest tonight is the famous radio star, Rudy Valley. But before we bring you Rudy Valley in person, let's begin with real one. He bowls them over, for he is the only undefeated match game champion in the history of bowling. He's the one and only Joe Falcaro. Now, you wouldn't expect a wonder man like Joe Falcaro to dwaddle through a shave. I should say not. He shaves fast, clean, and smooth. He shaves with a brushless shave cream that's light and fluffy. Colgate Brushless, the shave cream of champions. And here's what Joe Falcaro wrote me about this great brushless shave cream. Dear Bill, the swell shave I get with Colgate Brushless leaves my face as slick as a new alley. Yes, sir, it puts my shaving in the groove for a perfect strike every time. Colgate Brushless is the perfect match for my particular combination of tough beard and tender skin. I'm sold and solid on Colgate Brushless shave cream. As you say, it's light and it's right. Regards from your friend, Joe Falcaro. Take it from me, men. The mighty Falcaro means every word of that swell tribute to Colgate Brushless, the shave cream of champions. It's not greasy, it's not gummy, it's light and it's fluffy. Now that means that Colgate Brushless spreads over your skin as fast as your fingers can fly. And it holds your whiskers upright so your razor cuts through them, doesn't merely glide over the top. Colgate Brushless stays moist and active right to the finish. And at the end of each shave, it rinses off your face and your razor in a flash. Try it, men. And if you don't think that Colgate Brushless lives up to every single promise that I've made, then you just send the top of the carton back to me, Bill Stern, Kara Colgate, Zone 2, New Jersey, Jersey City. And I'll see that you get double your money back. Ask for Colgate Brushless, the shave cream of champions tonight. It's light and it's right. Real two. Portrait of a memory. Today is January the 24th. Tomorrow will be January the 25th. 188 years ago tomorrow, on another January the 25th, a doctor said, Sir, you are the father of a fine son. Your boy weighs eight and a half pounds. <laughs> he sounds pretty healthy, doesn't he? That's how it all began, 188 years ago tomorrow. 
That boy grew up to be a young man, and then like most young men back in those days in far-off Scotland, that young man set out to make his own way in the world. He wanted to be independent. He wanted to stand on his own feet. And so he began to look for a job. But jobs were hard to find. And the boy was about to give up when he met an elderly man who gave him a job in a weaving factory where the man worked. The boy hated the work, but he was so grateful to that elderly man who'd given him that job and kept him from starving that the boy stayed on at the factory. Soon there grew up between these two a friendship. The older man found that the boy had no friends, and so he took the youngster to live with him. As for the boy, he was amazed to find out that the older man who'd given him the job, this older man, had formerly been the bare-knuckle boxing champion of Scotland. The young boy begged the older man to tell him all about boxing. And so these two spent their evenings together, night after night, while each day, each day they worked side by side in the factory. The first year these two worked together, they decided to celebrate their friendship by, by having a party on the lad's birthday. And so on January the 25th of that year, the older man gave a birthday party for his newfound young friend. They held a part birthday party at the factory where they both worked, and they invited other workers to join them in their celebration. The party was a great success. Everybody was having a fine time at the party, when suddenly throughout that factory sounded the terrified scream of a woman, followed by cries of, Fire! Fire! The factory's on fire! That birthday party in that factory spelled tragedy for the young boy. For even though he did get out with his own life, his friend, the old prize fighter, was burned to death. The youngster was heartbroken over the loss of his friend. He never returned to that factory. Instead, he became a writer. And yet he never forgot that friendship for the old prize fighter. For each year on his birthday, instead of being happy, he'd remember, remember another January the 25th when a tragic fire had killed his best friend. I said that boy became a writer, and he did, a famous writer, for he composed a poem to inscribe on his friend's tombstone, a poem he wrote to put over the grave of the former prize fighter who'd once befriended him. And so... But for a former prize fighter who died on this lad's birthday, this young boy might never have written a poem, a poem that's been set to music and used every year since then. That young boy's name was Robert Burns, and it seems appropriate since tomorrow will again be January the 25th that we remember the lines that Robert Burns wrote on another January 25th in memory of a former prize fighter who'd once been his friend. For those lines were... Should old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind, should old acquaintance be forgot and days of old lang syne. Three. We'll be back with another strange story that begins with another prize fight in just a moment. But first, here is Arthur Gary. So, you think your face is different? You think your whiskers are tougher than the next guy's? And you can't imagine anyone with a skin as tender as yours? Well, millions of men are that way. So what? So, they use Colgate Brushless, the shave cream of champions. It's a light, fluffy shave cream made especially for men with wiry whiskers and sensitive skin. You can shave close and clean with Colgate Brushless without snagging or pulling and without after irritation. And you'll be happy to hear Colgate Brushless isn't greasy or gooey. It rinses off your skin and razor easy as can be. 
Why not treat your face to a championship shave tomorrow? Ask for Colgate Brushless, the shave cream of champions, tonight. And now, back to Bill Stern. Real four. Portrait of a prize fight. This is the story of a prize fight. This fight was destined to change the lives of both fighters, and yet neither of those two fighters was a professional, but supposing I begin at the beginning and tell you the story of that fight. Both of these boys were fine athletes. Both were going to an Eastern University. They were good friends. That is, they were good friends until one day in the college gymnasium they decided to put on the gloves and to box with each other. They both wanted exercise. Neither thought that their fight would amount to anything, and nevertheless, after they began to box... Each was out to prove that he could lick the other. And the longer their fight lasted, the more bitter it became, with each boy trying desperately to win that fight. There's no telling how that fight might have ended. But just as those boys were slugging away at each other and trying to knock each other out, a college professor happened to come into the gymnasium. Immediately sensing what was happening, when he saw the boys fighting, he ordered them to stop fighting. Because he was a college professor, they had to obey him. You might be interested in knowing who that college professor was. Since then, he's become a famous star. But in those days, he was a professor. A professor at Yale University. His name was Monty Woolley. After Monty Woolley broke up that fight and took those two youngsters who'd been having that prize fight into his office, he turned to those two boys and said, You boys ought to be ashamed of yourselves fighting this way particularly since both of you have musical talent. Once before here at Yale, I knew a youngster studying music who also wanted to be a prize fighter. Fortunately, I was able to make him give up fighting and stick to music. Maybe you'd like to hear something he wrote. I'll play it for you on this piano. He never would have written it if I hadn't made him give up fighting. See if you remember it. Do you remember? It became a nationwide hit, and it was written by a former student here at Yale, a boy named Cole Porter. Now today I find you two boys engaging in a fist fight. Just as I once caught him. Well, I'll tell you just what I told him. Stop this stupid fighting. Stick to your music. I'm older than both of you, and I know what I'm talking about. Those two boys never forgot what Monty Woolley had told them. They both did stick to their music, and they both did become great artists. For one of those boys was destined to become the great singing star, Lanny Ross. And the other boy, he too became famous. For you know him as the great singing star, Rudy Valley. And that's the story. A story is told to me that took place at Yale University. The story of a college professor named Monty Woolley, a songwriter named Cole Porter, and two great singers, Lanny Ross and Rudy Valley. And now, in order that you may hear Rudy Valley in person, we move from night into day. Night and day. This is Bill.
Bill Stern in New York, switching you to Rudy Valley in Hollywood. Hi-ho, everybody. This is Rudy Valley in Hollywood. That was a very interesting story, Bill, just told, and it brought back a lot of memories. Memories of when I first began in show business in New York City. The year was 1928, and there were great stars on Broadway at that time, stars that will never be forgotten. Al Jolson was packing them in at the Winter Garden. Eddie Cantor was starring in a show called Kid Boots. And the blonde dancing star was the toast of Broadway. Her name was Marilyn Miller. George Jessel was playing in vaudeville at the famous Palace Theater. Movies were just beginning to talk, and a new star had landed in New York. She was shy, but she was destined to become famous, for her name was Greta Garbo. And up in lights four feet high over the Broadway movie theaters blazed the name of the greatest romantic idol of them all, Rudolph Valentino. One of Paul Whiteman's rhythm boys was just beginning to attract attention by his records. His name was Bing Crosby. And singing whenever he could get a job was another beginner named Morton Downey. And in the nightclubs those days were famous orchestras, orchestras that I hope to play with someday. At the Casa Lopez was Vincent Lopez. At the fabulous Palais Royal was Paul Whiteman. And over at the Hotel Roosevelt was Ben Burney. And speaking of Ben Burney, he never forgot the day the two youngsters came to him for jobs in his orchestra. These youngsters were both saxophone players. Ben Burney advised one of these youngsters to stick to music. And he advised the other one to day. At the Casa Lopez was Vincent Lopez. At the fabulous Palais Royal was Paul Whiteman. And over at the Hotel Roosevelt was Ben Burney. And speaking of Ben Burney, he never forgot the day the two youngsters came to him for jobs in his orchestra. These youngsters were both saxophone players. Ben Burney advised one of these youngsters to stick to music. And he advised the other one to day. At the Casa Lopez was Vincent Lopez. At the fabulous Palais Royal was Paul Whiteman. And over at the Hotel Roosevelt was Ben Burney. And speaking of Ben Burney, he never forgot the day the two youngsters came to him for jobs in his orchestra. These youngsters were both saxophone players. Ben Burney advised one of these youngsters to stick to music. And he advised the other one to day. At the Casa Lopez was Vincent Lopez. At the fabulous Palais Royal was Paul Whiteman. And over at the Hotel Roosevelt was Ben Burney. And speaking of Ben Burney, he never forgot the day the two youngsters came to him for jobs in his orchestra. These youngsters were both saxophone players. Ben Burney advised one of these youngsters to stick to music. And he advised the other one to day. At the Casa Lopez was Vincent Lopez. At the fabulous Palais Royal was Paul Whiteman. And over at the Hotel Roosevelt was Ben Burney. And speaking of Ben Burney... He never forgot the day the two youngsters came to him for jobs in his orchestra. These youngsters were both saxophone players. Ben Burney advised one of these youngsters to stick to music. And he advised the other one to day. At the Casa Lopez was Vincent Lopez. At the fabulous Palais Royal was Paul Whiteman. And over at the Hotel Roosevelt was Ben Burney. And speaking of Ben Burney, he never forgot the day the two youngsters came to him for jobs in his orchestra. These youngsters were both saxophone players. Ben Burney advised one of these youngsters to stick to music. And he advised the other one to day. At the Casa Lopez was Vincent Lopez. At the fabulous Palais Royal was Paul Whiteman. And over at the Hotel Roosevelt was Ben Burney. And speaking of Ben Burney, he never forgot the day the two youngsters came to him for jobs in his orchestra. <laughs> 